Hello there, and welcome to MedTech Africa, the podcast where we showcase digital health and health technology innovations from across the African continent. As ever, I'm your host, Sam Oti. In this episode, I'll be chatting with Dr. Krishna Jaffa. She is a physician and public health executive who has over two decades of expertise in health system strengthening and in digital health innovation. She is the current CEO of an organization known as Medic. Medic designs open source software that enables frontline health workers to provide quality care in some of the world's hardest to reach communities. Today, we'll be speaking about a very specific initiative that is being implemented by Medic. That initiative is known as the Digital Health Ecosystem Project. And as you'll be hearing from Dr. Jaffa, the goal of this project is to accelerate digital health entrepreneurship in low and middle income countries. The project is being implemented in partnership with another international NGO known as PATH and is funded by the Bayer Foundation. This is such an exciting initiative, and I really believe it will catalyze digital health innovation across the African continent. So if you're a digital health entrepreneur or innovator, then this episode will very much be of interest. Thanks for joining us. And as I always say, enjoy the conversation. Hello, Dr. Krishna, and welcome to MedTech Africa. It is such a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today and where on earth are you at the moment? Hi, Samuel. It's such a pleasure to be with you on this podcast. Thank you so much for the opportunity to share Medic's work with you. I am actually in Kathmandu, Nepal this week, and wow. I'm having a wonderful time meeting community health workers. Oh, that sounds amazing. I've never been to Nepal. I think the closest I've been is obviously, I think, India. <laughs> What's it like over there this time of the year? So it's the rainy season. Uh, and if you work in remote rural areas, landslides, flooding, all of that. But it is oh such a beautiful country. So I hope you get a chance to visit. One day, one day, inshallah, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> such a pleasure to, to have you on the show. And thank you so much for your time. I know you're extremely busy uh, and even squeezing in time on, on one of your work trips. Thank you so much for being on the show. Um, and you might not know this, but I'm a big, big fan of Medic and the amazing work you're doing for frontline health workers by supporting them through, through technology. Uh, and so I'm really excited to learn more about uh, the work that you're doing and, and the project that we'll be talking about today. But let's start uh, with the basics, right? Uh, perhaps you could tell us a little bit about yourself and your background uh, and how your life's journey led you to becoming the CEO of this amazing digital health company called Medic. Thank you so much, Samuel, for your kind words for Medic. Uh, so I'm originally from India, next door to where I'm visiting right now. And uh, when I was about 10 years old, I was diagnosed with TB tuberculosis. And I started learning at a pretty young age about disease transmission and also experienced the stigma that came with it. I think it had a pretty profound impact on, you know, shaping my outlook. And looking back, that was probably when I decided to become a doctor. 
Now, what's really interesting is that subsequent experiences as a physician in India in the late 1990s with malaria epidemics, family planning, HIV and AIDS, um, all inspired me to pursue a public health career at a time when I didn't really have that many mentors or role models in India to follow that path. And what I really wanted was to spend my life trying to keep people out of hospital, keeping them well, with an emphasis on health promotion, prevention, self-care. And I began to realize that a very important part of this was also task shifting amongst healthcare workers. And so by making the choice to pursue this career without really knowing which direction I was going in, um, this choice took me to Afghanistan, to Zimbabwe, the U.S. Centers for Disease Control as an epidemic intelligence officer, the Gates Foundation, two years of doing COVID-19 response, and now finally to Medic, where I'm delighted to be. And I'm really fortunate to be part of a vibrant and dedicated team focused on changing a truly sobering statistic. One billion people alive today will never see a doctor in their lifetime. Wow, that's that's an amazing story. And you're absolutely right. We are doing horribly as the world in terms of ensuring that, that especially the most vulnerable and the poor get access to, to quality uh, health care. Uh, and that's why I'm a big fan of what Medic is doing in terms of your mission uh, to really support frontline health workers in some of the hardest to reach uh, communities. So tell us more about Medic. I know you have quite a number of flagship initiatives, especially here on the African continent, some of which are on an official path to scale. So could you tell us more about Medic, your values, uh, and what you're doing, particularly on the African continent in the digital health space? Certainly. So, you know, it's a really exciting time to be at Medic. Our mission is to advance good health and human flourishing alongside the hardest to reach communities. And we basically do this by democratizing access to digital health solutions. So what we do is uh, Medic stewards the Community Health Toolkit, which is a free, open source, global public good to advance universal health coverage through sharing technologies and resources. And what really gets me excited about the Community Health Toolkit is that as a free and open source public good, without licensing or per user fees, it truly provides a financially, financially sustainable model for lower middle income countries to leverage software to ultimately scale and improve the delivery of healthcare at the last mile. As you mentioned, we work in a number of countries and uh, we have uh, offices in Kathmandu, Nairobi, Kampala and Dakar, although we do work with our partners in many more countries. Um, I think the, the, the other really fun thing about Medic is we are deeply rooted in human-centered design with community health workers and our partners. And the apps that are built on the Community Health Toolkit's core framework can support many languages. They can run offline and strengthen integrated care coordination and delivery across various community health use cases. We offer and believe in end-to-end -end support for the entire digital health journey through deep partnership and accompaniment to our partners um, under the leadership of Ministries of Health. And you can learn more about the Community Health Toolkit by visiting www.communityhealthtoolkit.org. Great stuff. I've heard so much 
good things about the community health toolkit uh, and the open source platform that that it's built on. And I think that's really an amazing model to attracting other developers to create innovations, digital health innovations that could, as you said, uh, democratize access to healthcare, especially for uh, hard to reach and vulnerable communities. Um, but today we, we are here not to talk about Medic in general, but about a very specific partnership between Medic and an organization. Uh, known as PATH. And, and that initiative is known as the Digital Health Ecosystem, which is funded by the Bayer Foundation. Could you tell us more about this partnership, uh, what it entails, how it was developed, uh, and what its goals are? Yes, of course. So we're really delighted at Medic to be collaborating with PATH's Digital Square program. And it comes from a very simple insight. We know that local innovators uh, in the tech space are in touch with the contexts and realities of low resource settings. So, you know, when I talk about being offline, when I talk about scalability, these are really important realities that you need to know about when deploying tech tools and solutions. However, these local innovators often face barriers in scaling their businesses, especially when it comes to supporting healthcare workers and communities in hard-to-reach places with tools that intend to improve the quality, efficiency, and coverage of equitable care. And so, through this project, really very simple and elegant, we seek to connect innovative entrepreneurs who offer local solutions to financial assistance, to technical resources, and to opportunities for scale. Amazing stuff. So, so if I'm hearing you co uh, correctly, this uh, digital health ecosystem uh, project is really targeting local entrepreneurs and software developers who are thinking about innovating in the digital health space. Uh, and you hope to provide them with financial and uh, technical uh, support. So how, can you, how, are you, how are you planning to identify these local entrepreneurs and, and software developers? And how, how are they going to become part of the DHE project? So yes, Samuel, you did hear me correctly. And uh, it's really an exciting time. Um, so our, we issued a first open call for expressions of interest, which went live last month on July 14th. And it closes on August 12th of 2022. So if anyone who's interested is listening to this podcast, you can visit PATH's website, www.path.org, and search for Open Call for Digital Entrepreneurs in Africa. Again, search for Open Call for Digital Entrepreneurs in Africa. You can also Google it. It's the first link that opens up when you enter that search term. And so what we're doing is inviting African businesses, organizations, and social entrepreneurs with software, content, or services to respond to this expression of interest. Um, these applicants should have an interest in applying and expanding their software, content, and services to the health sector. So when they go to uh, the open call, they can find more information about uh, eligibility uh, criteria, etc. So... Essentially, is uh, am I right in thinking that the DHE project is almost like an accelerator of sorts, or or is that taking it too far? <laughs> no, we, that's our hope. It really is our hope that this continues to to provide accelerate, acceleration opportunities to organizations 
that matched their interests to, w- to what we're seeking to do, which is really to democratize access to digital tools in the healthcare workspace. And, and how much handholding can can some of these uh, entrepreneurs and, and developers expect? I personally, with you know friends of mine, colleagues, we, we've we've tried to pitch, <laughs> obviously in our spare time, uh, some ideas that we had to that we have to to some accelerators, and some of them can be quite ruthless. They almost want an idea that is you know ready to exit and and earn the millions of of dollars versus you you know versus is a raw idea that still needs quite a bit of handholding and fleshing out. So, so my question is, how much of handholding can uh, potential applicants expect from this uh, initiative? Or are you expecting uh, perhaps some more uh, fleshed out uh, and well-formed ideas that are already gaining some, some traction? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I would say, you know, we, we're really looking for expressions of interest uh, from African organizations, businesses, and entrepreneurs who have specific profiles. So they should already have a demonstrated ability to support the implementation of software tools and products, therefore be playing in this space. They should have an interest, as I mentioned, in engaging in the digital health space of a country and a willingness to work with local governments, private sector health providers, and health insurance schemes as well as willingness to engage populations at scale, including populations that cannot directly purchase from vendors, but may be government beneficiaries. Uh, so this really is about reaching that last mile. Hopefully, the team includes members with software expertise, because that's the area that, that we would expect them to have expertise in. And uh, they need to be registered as a formal organization or business in the World Health Organization Sub-Saharan African region with sufficient accounting mechanisms to track revenue and expenditures. So basically, they need to have you know at least the building blocks in place to be able to play in, in this space. And then once they can demonstrate that they have these building blocks in, in space, then um, there's a really exciting journey that we hope to accompany them on. Um, a subset of the respondents to this expression of interest would be selected for funding under this project in three key domains. The first is to expand their current product offering by leveraging the Community Health Toolkit. And this is specifically uh, to support work in Kenya, Mali, Niger, or Uganda. These are the four countries in which Medic is on a pathway to taking the Community Health Toolkit to scale. The second is to develop these organizations organizations organizational capacity according to their priorities, including initiatives that unlock new grant funding opportunities for them. And third, gaining exposure to local government buyers of digital tools, as well as other investors in the global health community. So while we do expect uh, applicants to come in with certain capabilities, we are also supporting them to be able to understand how they can translate their skill sets, their capacity, and their vision of growth to be effective partners in improving health. Got it. So what would success look like? What kind of results and, and outcomes do you anticipate from, from the DHE project? Yeah, so I think, you know, we we really want to be able to start out with, you know, a few simple things like publishing a list of promising digital health entrepreneurs in Africa, right? And promoting this list widely across the global health and, and global development community. In addition to that, sort of really partnering with them, accompanying them so that they are able to offer uh, products uh, that leverage the community health toolkit, that they can actually engage with governments, they can engage with donors and um, ultimately provide services to the countries that really do need these services. 
Totally understood. Um, but do you have, you know, a, a lot of the digital health entrepreneurs that I've, I've spoken with, um, their target market doesn't tend to be like bottom of, of the pyramid, hard to reach most most vulnerable groups, I guess, because they want to be pro- profitable, right? So how, how do you handle that, right? Uh, are you looking at supporting entrepreneurs, developers who are really approaching the issue of digital health uh, from a social entrepreneurial mindset or, or from a commercialization mindset? It's, I, I know they don't need to be mutually ex- exclusive, uh, but how are you thinking about that? Yeah, again, a great question. And I think that, um, you know, while, while it does help to come in with a social entrepreneurship mindset, I think being able to be financially sustainable is something that every organization needs to grapple with, right? And uh, in order to get there, I think it really is about taking away one of the biggest cost drivers and inhibitors to government scaling up um, a, a digital health ecosystem, which is license fees and things like that. So, you know, by leveraging the community health toolkit, we hope to take that out of the equation. Uh, but obviously, understand that their staff time, technical support, ongoing maintenance, other things do need to be covered. And so through this process, also being able to help them understand how to go about making those asks um, in ways that are also within the ability of governments to cover. Uh, So I think, you know, we're going to learn so much through this experience and probably make mistakes, learn from them, fail fast, and also get a few things right. So it really is going to be a mutual learning experience where we learn about the specific needs of social entrepreneurs and we learn about the challenges or potential or fresh thinking about how to make these businesses sustainable. Indeed, indeed. Failing fast and pivoting quickly, that's that's uh, innovation uh, 101. So good to know that you're, you're thinking about that. Um, you know, one of my most recent guests on the show was talking about some of the uh, mistakes that digital health uh, innovators tend to make, especially on the African continent. They don't pay a lot of attention uh, to regulatory and licensing issues, intellectual property issues. Uh, so I know, well, from from what uh, I know about Medic, that you are big on on open source, uh, you know, software and platforms. So how are you going to handle the issue of intellectual property that may arise uh, by engaging uh, with some of these developers and entrepreneurs? Yeah, and I think this is an interesting differentiator for Medic, uh, you know, because we are philosophically and ethically open source, that is what we we do. We actually promote the sharing of code, the sharing of the community health toolkit of all uh, resources that we develop and anything that we learn with the digital health community. And, and so... If there are any issues that come up over the course of development, I think, you know, we'll also be in a position to learn. But it really does help to come in knowing that this is open source. It makes it a much easier conversation to have. We we do anticipate that there will be some learning as individual organizations customize. I think as long as we can continue to assure governments that they are able to access the community health toolkit in a licensed free way that is for us incredibly important in in ensuring 
um, equitable access to the tool. But you know, it, it is it is definitely sort of about about learning about two very different ecosystems bridging between digital social entrepreneurship and public health objectives. It's not just about the local context; it's also about different vocabularies, competencies, work cultures, and incentives and motivations. Right. Uh, we believe that when these come together, they can truly enrich each other, as we see at Medic. I do think that we need to be prepared to learn, adapt, and where needed, fail fast. And I would probably add that there sometimes is a conflation between the intellectual property part of the discussion and data ownership and data privacy. And on data ownership and data privacy, we have um, full conformance with all of the national and international regulations that are necessarily and importantly in place. And I think that's also probably going to be a learning curve for some of these players. Got it. So, so tell me, what, what is giving you sleepless nights as you move forward with implementing this, this uh, amazing digital health ecosystem project? Sleepless nights? Um, none yet. Perhaps when we see the number of applications to review in the short term, that might be you know a heavy lift. Uh, but it's one that I think everyone who is in this project is so excited about uh, that we're really feeding off of the, the sense that this is important. This idea's time has come and we need to invest in helping these organizations spread their wings and do amazing work to serve the citizens of their countries. Uh, so, you know, if 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 that comes with a great deal of hard work, which I have no doubt it will, it feels like it's well worth taking the time. And I'm just excited for Medic to be part of this and for us to be able to learn about how digital entrepreneurs are thinking in this space and how we can continue to bridge across sort of, you know, that that social entrepreneurship and public health, um, those two ecosystems that I mentioned. And yeah, just just feel very, very lucky to be in this space at this point in time. I sense and share your your excitement, and, and hopefully you don't get overwhelmed. I, I I I guess having a lot of applications is a good sign that there's clear demand for what you're doing. Uh, but on the other hand, right, you, you don't want to get overwhelmed. You know, the organization that I work for, we had a call for proposals recently, and we got one thousand three hundred applications. <laughs> it was, um, I think it's almost unprecedented in, in the six years that I've been at this organization. It was crazy, a crazy amount of applications, but it shows that, you know, that particular call was, you know, there was a need, there was a clear demand for it, a very, very strong demand. So, so hopefully you don't run into our problem of an over uh, excessive demand, so to say, and that you can, you can meet <laughs> the needs of, of those that you identify. So, what next? What next for, for the Digital Health Ecosystem Project? Uh, what are your plans over the next couple of weeks and, and months? Well, you know, building and strengthening sustainable local capacity for digital-enabled health programs is what we at Medic believe in and do day in, day out. And we really hope that this project helps create exciting opportunities for African digital social entrepreneurs. We very much hope that this, this isn't going to be the only round, that it will potentially have, you know, be able to indicate to the broader public health community that there's a large need for this kind of approach. And um, yeah, just just continue to to learn from organizations that, that think differently and innovatively and help create solutions to close that gap um, in making sure that, you know, in five years, 10 years from now, uh, we're not still talking about 1 billion people today not having access to healthcare. 
Well, uh, I'm really rooting for the su success of this initiative. Like I said, I'm a big fan of Medic, uh, and I think this is really uh, an amazing initiative whose time, whose time has come. So I hope we keep in touch, uh, and I'll be following very closely and keenly to see how uh, the project uh, evolves and what kind of uh, a panel of innovators and entrepreneurs and software developers that yeah, that come on board. Really looking forward to the to success of, of this initiative. Well, Krishna, it's been amazing having you on the show. Again, thank you so much for taking the time during your travels. And I suppose you'll be heading back to Seattle in, in a couple of days. I will, yes. And thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It really is a privilege to share this work. Thanks for listening. I hope you found today's episode enjoyable and insightful. If you have any thoughts on this episode or recommendations of African health tech innovators that you'd like me to host on the show, please reach out to me directly on LinkedIn, Twitter, or email by the links in this episode's show notes. Finally, don't forget to subscribe to MedTech Africa on your preferred podcast app. And if you have a moment, please leave us a great review because it really helps other people to find the show. Thanks again. I'm your host, Sam Oti, and I'll speak to you in our next episode.